You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, Fight Fans, this has been one of the craziest 24-hour stretches of shuffling the deck before a UFC card than I can remember. But tomorrow night, the UFC's return from Fight Island to Las Vegas goes down at the UFC Apex, headlined by a very fascinating middleweight bout. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the UFC Vegas 5 preview show for MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck. Jose Youngs joins us from Las Vegas. Jose, holy moly, man. You wake up this morning. You find out that three fighters, Ray Borg, Timor Valiev, and Eric Spicely are all out. Not only that, the UFC was somehow able to find replacements for Nathan Maness, Jamal Emmers, and Marcus Perez. Maness fights Johnny Munoz. Emmers fights Vince Cachero. Perez was going to fight Charlie Ontiveros, but the Nevada State Athletic Commission ruled that that fight cannot happen. Have you ever seen a shuffling of the deck quite like this so quickly in your time covering the sport and covering the UFC? Not this quickly. We've seen fight cards, a lot of fights fall out. So like we, we've had 12 fight cards, 12 fight fight cards all of a sudden drop down to like nine uh, or 10. I, I remember it was a USC 223 in Brooklyn. Uh, the final product was grossly different uh, from the original planned fight. That obviously had to do with a, a bus incident and arrests being made and fights falling out and this and that. So uh, that was the last one I can remember where the, the, the final card was so different. But in terms of rebook or booking fights on such a like what 36 hours they try to rebook three fights like i can't remember a time in my career covering mma off the top of my head that is uh that i've seen i've witnessed something like this firsthand crazy stuff indeed but tomorrow night we have a three-round main event in the middleweight division Derek brunson takes on edmund shabazian this is a big one for both guys you get a good step up for the surging prospect and shabazian looking to become the youngest champion in ufc history taking on Derek brunson who seems to thrive in these situations taking on these up-and-coming contenders what sort of sticks out to you in this fun fight 185 pounds tomorrow night I mean, it's 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 the path that every top level middleweight takes uh, early in their career. It seems like I've said this before, like you fight Brad Tavares and that's kind of the, to gauge where you are. You beat Brad Tavares, then you move on to Derek Brunson. You beat Derek Brunson, you can move on to someone like a Uriah Hall. Uh, Uriah Hall is obviously booked against Romero. So if they want to give the winner of this a fight against Romero, that is a massive step up. But this fight has to happen first. So uh, I absolutely love this fight. Dana White likes this fight. I think I liked the Holly Holm, Irene Aldana fight, which is the original main event. I liked it a lot as a fight didn't didn't agree with them making that fight because i thought Irene aldana had done enough to actually warrant a shot against amanda nunez about having to fight holly Holm. Uh, i wish shabazian brunson was five rounds but we're here it's three round i like it a lot uh i don't know who i favor shabazian looks unbelievable but Derek brunson has pretty much been everyone outside of like the top five middleweights and anderson silva so uh, it has the makings of it has the, the makings of a veteran that isn't quite past his prime uh, and a uh, an uber prospect, the likes we haven't seen since Israel Adesanya in this weight class. 
I just looked at this before we went live on here, but Shabazian, and it fluctuates from website to website, but on average, he's about a minus 300 favorite heading into this fight. And I understand how good Shabazian has looked, but this is certainly, as Dana White alluded to, this is going to be his biggest test to date, to date against Derek Brunson, who has stopped momentum for guys like Uriah Hall, guys like Ian Heinish. Are you surprised that he's favored this much tomorrow night? No, it's it's it's. I I don't agree with the the odds. The minus three hundred I think is insane. Uh, I I would I'd, I would slightly favor him in this contest, but not by that much. But I'm not surprised at the odds. Shabazian has looked unbelievable lately. And MMA, as you know, is a what have you done for me lately sport. So Shabazian's coming off a violent first round knockout over Brad Tavares, a man that Israel Adesanya couldn't put away for five rounds. So uh, just based on MMA math, which is obviously ridiculous and nonsensical uh but for fight fans that like to use mma math uh to, to to match make fights and make odds and stuff no i'm not i am not even remotely surprised that he's minus 300 which i think is just way too much i'm with you i wish this was a five rounder but i understand why it is not a five rounder but very exciting fight to cap off a 10 fight card tomorrow night in the co-main event we got joanne calderwood taking a short notice fight against jennifer maya Jojo, I think the, the word she used was frustrated. She wanted to stay active while Valentina Shevchenko is healing up her injuries. Got to appreciate the gusto to step in like this, knocking on the door of a title shot, taking on a very tough out in Jennifer Maya, who has two wins over Roxanne Mataferi. She has wins over the likes of Vanessa Porto, wins over Jessica Andrade in her career. Like, What do you think of this flyweight co-main event tomorrow night with the stakes pretty darn high here? Well, if you're looking at a fight on this card that has the act, an actual title implications or title shot implications, it's the common event between Joanne Calderwood and Jennifer Maia is the one that checks all those boxes. Uh, I don't think anyone is really clamoring for this fight to be the actual main event outside of our own cameraman, uh, Casey Lydon, who has dubbed this the, the people's main event. But if, if Joanne Calderwood wins, uh, she's already been booked against uh, Valentina Shevchenko for a long time. Uh, she was just frustrated. She wants to get in there and fight. Jennifer Maia already had a fight booked uh, against Viviana Arujo, and before that fight fell apart because Viviana Arujo, of course, going through her own medical issues. Uh, they they booked this fight, and Dana White says he's not surprised Joanne Calderwood took it uh, because when you're that real, that's what you do. So uh, here we are. I, I wish Joanne Calderwood had waited for the title shot that is already hers, but if she wants a paycheck and she wants to fight, I'm not going to tell her no. And if she wins, she just cements her, her place. It's like a, a placeholder fight. She wins. She fights for a title. She, so she's in the same place she would have been if she hadn't fought. But if she wants to pay a check, again, the grace of the UFC, I don't blame her. So, yeah, I favor Joanne Calderwood. But Jennifer Maya has, has been spoiled to a lot of fighters uh, that have pro that should have gone on to fight for titles. And Joanne Calderwood has had these no more contender fights in the past. I think Callum Chukagan was, was the big one uh, in Chicago. That fight, if, if Joanne Calderwood had won, everyone agreed she would probably would have fought for the title. But she faltered. Uh, so... I favor Joanne Calderwood, but the writing's on the wall for something weird to happen in this fight. <laughs> this whole this whole week's been weird, but you know, yeah. I think Dana White called JoJo. She's a real one, and uh, she yeah. enters this fight winning three out of her last four. Maya, very nice. She made weight, first one on the scale. She was under the the championship limit, which is nice after missing in her last couple. But this is a big one. Is Valentina? Likely could await the winner, especially if Joanne Calderwood wins. But uh, the feature about I love Vicente Luque versus Randy Brown. Luque has just been on a tear since entering the UFC. He lost his like first fight in the UFC on the Tough 21 finale. But since then, he's won something crazy like 11 out of 13 fights. And the two losses were to Leon Edwards and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He had that crazy win against Nico Price at UFC 249. And in my opinion, Jose, I think Randy Brown is one of the most underappreciated fighters at 170 pounds in the UFC. He gets a step up after back-to-back -back finishes of 
Brian Barberina and Warley Alves. This is a hell of a fight at 170, is it not? Yeah, uh, Randy Brown's one of these fighters that he's better than his ranking or lack of ranking or wherever, even if he is ranked or whatnot. Um, he's not going to make it. An, uh, he's he's an, a fantastic fighter, one of the best welterweights in the world, top 15 welterweight in the world, but it's not going to be a barn burner epic war that's going to like, oh, even in a loss, the person that Randy Brown beats is still a winner. No, Randy Brown beats you and he beats you, he makes it ugly. Uh, Vicente Luque is the opposite. Like, you're physically. You're not going to look the same after fighting Vicente Luque. So uh, I think this fight is awesome. I really appreciate Vicente Luque taking this fight. Randy Brown, I know, appreciates him taking this fight because he didn't need to take this fight. But I love this fight uh, for both men. Vicente Luque just wants to get in there and fight. He's not going to fight for the title anytime soon. Uh, Randy Brown needs a big step up in competition. So uh, with Shemaev coming in and kind of sealing the thunder out, out of the feet from everyone that's ranked like 7 to 15, these welterweights need to, make an, need to kind of put their stamp on their place in the rankings and show that they are the true exciting fighters. So uh, if Vicente Luque wins uh, it violently, which I expect him to, uh, I, we're going to have to start talking about big name fights from after this. Some other great fights in this card. We got Bobby Green versus Lando Venata. They're going to run it back. Kevin Holland is back, staying at 185 for now against Trevin Giles. A lot of competitive matchups, a lot of changes we alluded to, but in terms of the underrated under the radar fight here i mean with all the shuffling around that could have changed from yesterday to today but what do you have circled for tomorrow night that people may not have uh, their finger on the pulse on yet i had eric spicely fight circled on big circles because for those of you who watched the weigh-in stream people from rhode island don't have a lot of fighters they can get behind and i am from rhode island eric spicely represents rhode island very well and i know the community specifically the jiu-jitsu community uh kind of looks up to him as 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 as, as a model to for for to, to progress their career in martial arts and the fact that he's not there uh due, due to uh taking antidepressants based off of his loss to duran win is uh the physical uh ramifications of it it's it's, it's just a bummer all around I mean, I don't know how you, I don't know how under the radar it is, but I just want to talk about Lando Venata and Bobby Green. Uh, Bobby Green apparently didn't have a coach. He didn't have a coach like the week before he fought Lando Venata. Lando Venata is one of those fighters that's like, I thought his fight against Anthony Madeira was going to be fight of the night, and it wasn't. Uh, I think Casey Lydon cursed it by saying he guarantees someone is taking $50,000 home after this fight. So I 100% put the blame on him. Uh, but Lando Venata is, win or lose, at least you remember the fight, and Bobby Green is like one of those. He's like a Diaz brother or a Masvidal type guy. Where what you see on camera is exactly how he is off camera, with the head, with the head tattoos, uh, the 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 piercings on his lips. So interesting individual. I, I I don't know what to make of that fight. It should be violent, but both men have proven that maybe they go out there and they don't have the best performance at date. So, uh, but I just want to talk about that fight. I think that fight absolutely rules, and I'm really really glad they're at, they're finally running it bad after their previous draw. We had a total of nine changes to this card, nine of them, almost equal to the amount of fights we're going to watch tomorrow night. And some of the names that have been brought in here are, are some fun names. Johnny Munoz is a legit, legit 35-er, legit guy, and, and, king of the cage, bantamweight champion. Yeah. You know, if you remember the, the, the Draco Rodriguez, king of the cage, UFC story, how that all unfolded, Johnny Munoz was the guy that Draco Rodriguez was supposed to fight when that all went down. Johnny is nasty. He's 10 and 0. He's got eight finishes. He was supposed to fight on the contender series. Definitely a legit guy. He's going up a weight class, so that'll be interesting. Nathan Manus, former TKO Bantamweight champion. That'll be a lot of fun. Him stepping in and, and taking a fun fight against Johnny Munoz. Chris Gutierrez and Cody Durden, another UFC debutant. That's a battle for sure. And then 
Vince Cachero coming in. I'm very happy for this guy. He's a huge Kobe Bryant fan. He took his last fight for LFA. At least the opponent was switched up the day before he won. So when he got to weigh-ins, he expected to fight somebody else. The opponent switched on him at weigh-ins and got a second-round TKO win. So this whole situation is nothing new for him. A lot of interesting matchups that are flying under the radar, but... I got to be honest, I always enjoy watching Kevin Holland fight and Trevin Giles fight. They're paired up, both managed by the by the same guy, the great Orrin Hodak, both guys from Texas. That's going to be a lot of fun as well. Also, shout out to also shout out to Frankie Signs, one of the OG Arizona MMA veterans of the, of, of the game. So uh, I know he has a lot of uh, he's, he's very well liked in the Arizona MMA scene. So very excited to see him. Uh, I think he's the last fight of the prelims, too, if I'm not mistaken, or the first fight of the main card. I can't quite remember, but uh, always excited to watch him throw down too. Fighting Jonathan Martinez, who was the only hiccup on the scale today. Missed yep. weight by four and a half pounds. Jose Wild built to a card, one of the wildest we've ever seen in a short amount of time. But it all goes down at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, tomorrow night. Prelims, at least for now, it could change now that we've lost a fight. Kickoff at 6 p.m. Eastern, main card at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Jose, I believe it's time for uh, you to head on into quarantine. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I've got to go get another test tomorrow and then... Oh, I got, yeah, I got to go got to get a test today, and then I got to go to the fights tomorrow, and then I got another co- test on, I think, Sunday and Tuesday for the contender series. So all kinds of COVID tests in Jose's future. A COVID test professional. For Jose Youngs, I am Mike Hack. Stay locked to MMAfighting.com for all of your UFC Vegas 5 needs during and after the event. And, of course, we'll see you tomorrow night, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A.